you start talking about everything and it started off with small conversations like did you know that felicia rashad has roots in south carolina mm-hmm. did you know that chubby checker is from anderson south carolina did you know that Chris Rock, you know, has roots in Georgetown, so and so. And it got to the point over the years where Ricky and I, you could bring me a black person from Antarctica. And <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> they have South Carolina roots because Pantheon was a thing, you know. So, you know, like I, I can find someone in Tacoma, Washington. Mm-mm. You somewhere down the line, you have a relative or an in-law who's in. So, I, Ricky and I, it's like a competition. Welcome to Afro's Locks and Biz, the podcast celebrating Black hair, Black culture, and Black business. I'm Asia. And I'm Charles. And today we are going to be discussing one of the first of its kind in the Charleston area. I'm talking about the Afro South Film Festival, scheduled to appear and make its way to Charleston, South Carolina, November 4th through the 6th of this year. We will learn about the history of how it came to be and what's in store. I wonder if they're going to talk about Afros, you know, because we got to stick together. <laughs> <laughs> it might. Um, but this is exciting because I didn't even know this existed. Uh, you know, of course, everybody hears about the Cannes Film Festival and um, all the other film festivals around the world. Uh, the big ones. But I didn't know we had one right here in our backyard, you know, in the South. So who knew? It's going to be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we're seeing a lot more movies nowadays that are getting a lot more diverse and covering a lot more diverse stories and that are getting a lot more historically accurate. Um, So, yeah, this is interesting that, you know, this is happening, like I said, right in our backyard. So it's going to be real great talking uh, to the founder or the president, rather, and, um, you know, learning a little more about it. Yeah, I'm excited. I think it's going to be really good. Absolutely. I got to make my way to Charleston. Now. I've been, <laughs> you know, I've been been in Atlanta, you know, getting real comfortable. So mm. it's time to make some moves. Is there a film yeah, festival I'm in Atlanta? Legs. I'm sure there is. I just haven't been to it. Okay. <laughs> you know, Atlanta breeds a lot of different things. Right. right. Um, but first. first <laughs> <laughs> what's on our feed? What's on your feed, Charles? So, I'm sure you probably have seen this before, and uh, the only reason I'm thinking about it, because it was all over my social media last weekend, um, the Danette M. Blanc, are you familiar with it? Uh, I don't speak French either, but basically, it's this, <laughs> <laughs> it's this dinner where, so I was hoping you- Oh, oh, where they all wear white? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. You caught- the name that you just said threw me all the way off track. <laughs> see, like, because what? normally you don't hear it, you just see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and they are all over, I believe, right? They are There's all one over. In, there was one in Columbia. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was also in Richmond. Um, I think there was one in Florence a couple of months ago. Uh, so, yeah, it's all over the place. So, I don't know about that thing. I know a lot of people go to it, no shade to anyone who's gone or who plans to go, but I don't know. I just get scam vibes from it because, because like, it sounds like a dinner where you all wear white. 
and he danced, right? Yeah, yeah, and it looks cool. And I know the first time I heard of it was like maybe around 2016 or so, 2016, 2017. They had one in Charlotte. And so um, I said, oh, that looks cool. But then uh, I was following like a friend of mine on Instagram and uh, she documents everything. So she documented like the whole process. And so for her going shopping for her white outfit and da, 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 da. And then like when she was going there and her taking a table and all this stuff in her little cart, I'm like, so you got to bring your own stuff? So I started digging into it and asking more people and yeah, like, yeah, so you got to bring your own table. You got to bring your own tablecloth. You're like assigned a table with other people or something like, I don't know all the details, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem like anything I want to do. I mean, it's cool because it's a cool, you know, outing in Melodia City and it's a secret location and all that and all that's cool. But the yeah. thing is they don't tell anybody exactly where it is to like. I don't know, an hour before or something like that. Sometimes very close to the time of it and whatever. And so that's the secret. Uh, and it's like, you have to be invited, but somehow magically everybody's invited. So it's not really... <laughs> um, it just doesn't sound like anything I'd want to do. And then, you know, I have questions. Like, where does this food come from? Who's making it? Is it going to be good? Um you know, I don't see servers walking around with A's on their shirt because it's been, you know, inspected. I don't know. I don't know anything about this. This is made. This could be made at somebody's house. I don't know. Um, so yeah, and I, I don't know. So I gotta buy my own stuff. I gotta bring my own stuff. Is you know some food that, from what I'm hearing, it's just okay. But I gotta pay. Well, why would the food be bad if you brought it yourself? No, well. You can bring your own food or you can you can you know get a dinner there so you have the option so but if i bring my own food then why am i paying you maybe it's for the, there? For the entertainment mm. i know they have entertainment uh, yeah they do i'm not that's so probably just there. for entertainment um and then i was also thinking that maybe they probably need to do a flash mob because that would be kind of cool. Everybody that would be cool. Dancing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like I've watched that. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, but I don't know. I just have it's questions. Or something. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what's going on with the dinner and blown. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that they had to bring their own thing. But I didn't know it was like yeah. a secret location. That, yeah, that's what it's yeah. because I always feel like it's always down. I feel like in Columbia, it was always downtown. Yeah, it's um, always, yeah, it's always downtown. But I didn't know it, you know, like a secret location and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't want to work that hard for dinner. And so, <laughs> I'm going to dinner. I just want to come and I, I don't want to show up and I want to eat. That's it. I don't want to do any other extra stuff. I don't bring stuff. I don't want to pack stuff in the trunk. I got kids. I do that anyway. So, okay. no. Uh, <laughs> but that's just me. All right, Asia, what's on your feed? So what's on my feed is, of course, the debut of The Little Mermaid Mm -hmm. with Ariel. And specifically, well, Ariel being um, Halle Halle Bailey? Yes, Halle Bailey. Halle Mm -hmm. Bailey. Mm -hmm. And specifically the reactions that the parents have videotaped of their children. Mm. Watching Halle Bailey. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> they are they they range quite a bit um the, i've seen a couple you know it's oh my gosh she's brown like me mm-hmm. those are really cute and then mm-hmm. i've seen um one little girl and she was <laughs> she was caucasian she was so cute though she looked and she just was staring and she looked at her mom and she looked at this <laughs> she was her mom and she looked at the tv and i was like what was she gonna say she said I thought that was Whitney Houston. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, oh, there. no, no, that's not Whitney Houston. We'd all be worried, right? You know, she's going to be with Jesus, honey. That is not Whitney. Mm-hmm. But other, but very. Yeah, I've been very cute. Um, and I'm not, well, no, I have watched some of those movies, the, the remakes, the live action uh, Disney movies, but I'm especially looking forward to this one. Um, just because there's so much hype about it, but I think it's going to be great. And you know, um, Holly Bailey and you know her sister Chloe, they're they're really great singers. So I think you know she's definitely going to kill those songs in the film. We haven't even seen it yet, and I know she's going to kill it. Okay. Uh, so that's going to be cool. And I think they're originally from South Carolina, so um, you know we got to represent. And um, so yeah, looking forward to it. Um, I was watching a a video on TikTok about a lady who was talking about the representation. They said, well, you know, some people didn't like that, you know, she's of a different origin that, than the movie, right? Mm-hmm. And so the lady made a whole video about, and it was, it was like three minutes long about all the people who have played somebody else who were not <laughs> that right. person, right? Or not right. that ethnicity mm-hmm. and so she had yeah and she went in i was like oh wow she <laughs> she did that you know <laughs> from the yeah. shirley temple and blackface to the um mm-hmm. you know she had she had and i should have put it on on the thing so i could go back and reference how many she had but there were several there were okay, several. a lot if like, you, over the whole you know, course of how movie. quickly we forget right? yeah exactly and, and i've refused to give those people any energy uh because a couple of reasons number one like i said um I'm, I'm just i'm just pushing positivity towards you know holly bailey in this movie secondly um we know those people who are you know have issues with her playing this role we know why they do so we why give them an energy because we know what they're about we know what agenda they're pushing um the third reason is it's a fictional character in a kids movie uh mermaids aren't real so literally anybody could play a mermaid (laughs) of any ethnicity and it could be considered accurate because they're not real um it's like being upset because an Asian guy played a Martian. Well, there are no Martians. So (laughs) anybody can play a Martian. (laughs) So, um, so why are you upset that this little black girl is playing a mermaid when mermaids don't exist? So let it go. It's a kid's movie. Let the kids enjoy it. Um, and you know, it's that story, you know, being brought to life with real people. So, uh, let's just let the kids enjoy it and let that be that. Um, yeah, man. But back to what you said about all the people who've historically played roles that weren't, you know, accurate to the to their ethnicity or their race or whatever. I mean, yeah, the list is a mile long. Um, the Lone Ranger was a black man. Um, 
by the name of Bass Reeves. And we was played by Johnny Depp in the movie. Um, right. So the Lone Ranger was not white. Uh, they had a whole TV series like in the 60s or so. Yeah, no. <laughs> so played by a white man. Um, you know, Moses was played by Charleston Heston, you know, in the Ten Commandments. And, you know, Moses was definitely brown because his mother was Ethiopian. So uh, read your Bible, people. And so. <laughs> <laughs> When we come right back. <laughs> okay, when we come right back, mm-hmm. we will speak with Lauren wearing Douglas. Mm-hmm. Be right back. Okay, welcome, welcome back. We have Lauren Waring Douglas with us today. She is a native of Charleston, South Carolina. She began her professional career as a production coordinator for South Carolina educational television known as SCETV. Since then, some of her projects have included credits with Sony Pictures, Universal Studios, A&E Television, Biography Network, and ABC Studios. A significant focus of her life's work has been in the state of South Carolina, where she continues to uplift and celebrate the stories of her Gullah Geechee heritage. Lauren is a proud alum of the New Orleans Film Society Southern Producers Lab. Her current project includes The History of the Soul Agree and When Porgy's Best Came Home, the untold story of Charleston's famous opera, Porgy and Bess, and of course, the Afro-South Film Festival debuting in South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina, on November 4th. Please welcome Lauren. Hi, Lauren. How are you? Oh, good. Thank you for the introduction. <laughs> so, let's jump right in. The Afro-South Film Festival. How did that vision come to life? Okay, so this is a vision that, as far as I'm concerned, is like 20 years in the making, at least where mm-hmm. I come to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you read, I got my start at South Carolina ETV, and one of the first people I met was my friend and colleague and big brother, Ricky Taylor. And we worked on a documentary called Juke Joints and Honky Tonk Legends. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, So we got the privilege of uh, interviewing the likes of Mel Waiters. Wow. And- Oh gosh, that's a whole story. Wow. Yes. I listen, I have so much love for my ETV family as a side because <laughs> it, it made it marked how I was going. I mean, brand is brand is the right word, I guess, but it, it marked how I was going to um chart out my career. Mm-hmm. And um it, it was such a great, great place to start. And everybody was it was set up for me where everybody was like, it was a brotherly sisterly relationship with everybody that I was there with. And, and you're not always fortunate to get that in every workplace. So I, I look at my time back at ETV with a fondness, but like I said, Ricky and I were working on juke joints and honky tonk legends. And, you know, you got to drive like two and three hours, you know, down two lane dirt roads where, you know, especially this is like 2004. So, you know, you're not getting a cell phone signal right. past a certain point in the county line. And you start talking about everything. And it started off with small conversations. Like, did you know that Felicia Rashad has roots in South Carolina? Mm-hmm. Did you know that Chubby Checker is from Anderson, South Carolina? Mm-hmm. 
did you know that Chris Rock, you know, has roots in Georgetown, so and so. And it got to the point over the years where Ricky and I, you could bring me a black person from Antarctica. And <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> They have South Carolina roots because Pantheon was a thing, you know, so, you know, like you know, I, I can find someone in Tacoma, Washington, Mm-mm. you somewhere down the line, you have a relative or an in-law who's in I, Ricky and I, it's like a competition mm-hmm. and that evolved to fast forward, gosh, maybe 10 or 15 years later where he called me one day. We always stayed in touch and I always freelanced with him and, you know, and with Ricky and I, we always picked up right where we left off. And he called me one day and said, listen, you and I have been talking about so much stuff. You know a whole lot of Black folk who are from or based out of South Carolina that are actively working in film and television. And I do too, but they don't know each other. Let's let's do something. And that is how the South Carolina Media Collective got started. And we had a luncheon over at Brooklyn Baptist we, you know, got together, you know, as many friends as we could afford to feed and just said, hey, let's make this, you know, like, I guess in the spirit of Seinfeld, you know how they say Seinfeld is the show about nothing. Um, We wanted to make the South Carolina Media Collective the club about nothing. And we wanted to be a source of support. And it's like, hey, I just want to make sure, hey, do you Let's make sure you are connected with this list. Let's make sure you're connected with this person. And um, we've been paused uh, for a while since uh, the pandemic and we're, we got to figure out how we're going to reshape that. But then it came, you know, okay, so we start from Juke Joints and Honky Tonk Legends. We do the South Carolina Media Collective. And then it became, you know what, Lauren, you know, Afro South has been on my heart for a while. <laughs> And we started to do it. And then everything in my instinct was like, this isn't the right time. This isn't the right time. So I lovingly came to him in December of 2019. And I was like, Ricky, I love you, but I do not, I, I, my plate is full. I can't do it. And then about two, three months later, the world shut down because of a freak virus. So, you know, he called me, gosh, around this time last year, he was like, hey, baby girl, because I, I think Asia, I think he calls everybody baby girl. But, <laughs> I think um, so. <laughs> yeah, baby girl, like, you know, I really, I can't readily recall your name. So yeah. Right, right. And, uh, <laughs> and he said, listen, I'm, I'm ready to start this thing up again. And I, I, you know, I said, Ricky, I'm gonna give you everything I got. And he was like, Lauren, I'll take it. <laughs> Um, and, and that's how we are where we are today. I don't, I don't know if that was the story you were expecting, but it's definitely 20 years in the making. They say every overnight success takes 20 years. So yeah, it sounds about right. So what is the importance of an Afro-South film festival in the Charleston area? Well, Ricky wanted to do it in the Charleston area because, well, depending on who your source is, I think the generally accepted statistic is that at one point, 40% of all the slaves who entered the United States came through Gadsden's Wharf in Charleston. Um, I once heard one time on the on the Tom Joyner morning show that it was up to 75%. I'm not an expert on that, so don't quote me on that. But he was like, you know, anytime I come to Charleston, there's like no black people there. And we played a significant role, and I'm saying this nicely because I'm on a podcast, we played a significant role in building this city and building the foundation of the city. You know, we did it for free. 
and um you know and uh you know he was like you know i i never see black people even black folk that are from charleston i never see them really enjoying the city and why is that and what if we gave them an opportunity to come together and celebrate something that you know honors our journey that honors the influence that we have had on film culture on southern culture what what if we what, let's what what would happen if we did that and so that's what we're going to find out this november and that's a great point um because i kind of noticed the same thing the times that i've been in charleston you see a lot like most of the people who i know who are from charleston are black people but when i go to charleston like you said you rarely see people out in like the tourist spots or like the downtown area uh, you don't see them. They're not there. But also, like you said, we've contributed. If you look back at history, we've contributed quite a bit uh, to Charleston history, Charleston culture, Southern culture as a whole. Um, everybody loves fried okra. Everybody loves collard greens. Everybody loves sweet potato pie. All those things came from Africa. So uh, there's a lot that we contribute, you know, and continue to contribute. Uh, to this culture and to you know the history of this country so you guys were spot on with that and you know we needed something to celebrate that but go ahead <laughs> no and such a good point and you know uh charles one one thing about me is if you don't know about me well i'm friends with ricky so you should know um i can go on a rabbit hole on any word <laughs> any keyword of anything that you just said but you mm -hmm. know being from charleston i'm from charleston my mother is from downtown my dad is from west ashley so I'm really from Charleston. And I think that we are in an interesting phase right now um, where, for lack of a better phrase, it's a Gullah Geechee. Well, no, not like, edit that out, y'all. I really, <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a definite Gullah Geechee re uh, renaissance going on right now where, you know, for the longest time, you know, and, and it's like so many um, uh, Black subcultures across the United States, we were encouraged to assimilate as much as possible. And, you know, you were encouraged to, you know, not speak in your Geechee. There was, a, you were encouraged to not speak in your Geechee accent. There was a time when somebody called you Geechee and those were fighting words. That was an insult, right. you know? And I was almost 30 years old. I'm 38 now. I was almost 30 years old before I realized, hold up not everybody had the gift of growing up the way that you did and not everybody had the gift of growing up in such a rich culture where it was properly preserved you know and i i think that this generation i would say you know gen xers in particular definitely millennials hardcore and definitely gen z hardcore they are real of, of Gullah Geechee folk of Gullah Geechee descendants they are looking for oh wait no like this is a language, you know, and there's cultural aspects that are tied to this language that are empowering. Right. So like, for example, when you talked about, you know, downtown and, and the tours and everything, Charles, what that made me think of was a man named Herbert DaCosta, black man, um, Gullah Geechee, a terrific architect and built a lot he lived to be like 94 95 years old i remember sitting on his knees as a child and wow. you know I, oh, i'll send you a link to him and um 
you know, just realizing, because I, I went through, I found some lost footage of him from the 70s, because, you know, you go down the rabbit of YouTube and you can find some things. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, this man who was an uncle to me built a lot of downtown Charleston proper, built a lot of, you know, what we know of like certain parts of the college of Charleston campus and things like that. And, and that was my childhood. My childhood was around folks who were proud to be black, folks who were proud to be from Charleston, uh, black entrepreneurs, you know, and, and uh, but I, I could go down that rabbit hole or we could go to the next question. <laughs> go ahead, Asia. So as we're talking about Charleston um, and some of the culture of Charleston, are you going to, are y'all going to incorporate some of that into the film festival? Yes, and out of the film festival as well. So for Friday night, uh, <laughs> and I'm, oh my gosh, you talk about like, oh my gosh, where does the time go? This year is the 20th anniversary of the movie Drumline. Really? Wow. Yes. Yes. So that's why, so on Friday night, November 4th in Marion Square, we are going to be screening uh, Drumline which features, you know, a lot of HBCU bands, um, some mm -hmm. high school from South Carolina, Morris Brown is the first one that comes to mind off the top of my head. And what a lot of folks don't know, because remember, I told you, me and Ricky, we can find your South Carolina connection. <laughs> I'm from Ireland. No, you have South Carolina roots. Right. But um, uh, Orlando Jones, who played the band director, Orlando oh. Jones, who is a legend from a different world uh, for those who want to see his face. He was one of the groomsmen in the famous uh, Dwayne and Whitley get married episodes. Right. Uh, you know, so many different sleepy hollow, so many different things. Mm -hmm. um, he is a college of Charleston alum class of 1990. Wow. Yeah. Not know that. Yes. Wasn't born and raised there, but he went to college there. So guess what? It counts. Yeah. <laughs> You know, we think, you know, when you look at, you know, his time and over the course of his career, he is very much an unsung legend. And so that's an example of what we're doing on Friday night. But also when it comes to Saturday, we're definitely going to have some workshops that I'm happy to talk more about. But even then we are ending the workshops early on purpose. We're going to be ending them about 3, 3.30 because we want people to have some time to go back. And, you know, if you, if you travel from out of town, you want to take a quick nap. But also if you want to go and explore the area, do that. Your ancestors built the joint. Do it. Right. Uh also, going real back to Drumline real quick, uh, J. Anthony Brown, who played the band director for Morris Brown in the movie. Yes, yeah. He's from Columbia. Uh, and I met him once on a random, really random. I used to work at CVS in the pharmacy and I'm working and somebody came through the drive-thru to get a medication and it's him. I was like, yo, it's J. Anthony Brown. <laughs> but yeah, he's from Columbia. He's from Columbia. You know who else is from Columbia that I'm like, okay, and this is why this alone right now is why Afro South has to be like 20 years at least. Um, Angie Stone. Mm -hmm. Gosh. She's what? from here. She, um, she's a member at, well, it used to be my church, but I moved around the city. So I started going to another church. But first thing I was, yeah, I've seen her many yeah. times at church. So yeah, from here, a regular um when i used to cut hair i cut her son's hair a couple times and she came and picked him up 
as long as I ain't just out in the barbershop. So, right. <laughs> um, so it's a small word. The cool thing about all these South Carolina um, natives is that they're so down to earth when you meet them. Uh, they're very cool, very, you know, just regular people. Like I said, she was just in the barbershop uh, while I'm cutting her son's hair. And so, um, so yeah, it's just, this is cool. But um, back to the film festival, you mentioned some workshops. Can you tell us a little more about the workshops and what they will entail? Well, yeah. So, okay. So starting Friday night, we're going to have a screening of Drumline in Marion Square. And uh, prayerfully, we will have a Q&A. Um, I can't name names, but prayerfully, okay. we'll have a significant Q&A. Um, and then after that, we're going to have them from, and that goes from 630 to 930, then Friday night from 1030 to midnight, we're going to be at the Stern Center on College of Charleston campus, uh, doing short films that fit the Afro South theme. And uh, that's, we're soliciting um, projects right now, and, and we'll be doing it year round, regardless of when this episode airs of folks who, you know, okay, if you have something that is tied to the South, if you have something that is tied to Gullah Geechee heritage, absolutely if you have something that is tied to you know coastal alabama please welcome come uh then saturday november 5th we we have the good fortune of being at the harbor walk um which is right next door to gadsden's wharf which is right next door to the international african-american museum which will be opening in january mm -hmm. and our workshops start at 9 30 where we'll have um and this is where your k through 12 folks can come in if you have that nephew who or niece who is super into the arts uh we'll have student films and we'll have a focus on steam and film because one of the things that we aim to do is demystify the role that arts play in your everyday life art influences the way you think about yourself mm -hmm. about your own culture about different cultures mm -hmm. um it enforces stereotypes it can also take away stereotypes right. and um so you know we're gonna be talking about steam and film like you know like i'm sorry but you know you need all you need a team of scientists and engineers to make a star wars right well right. let's talk about that and let's talk about you know how that affects how we shape ourselves as a culture uh also later that morning 11 30 to 12 15 we are going to have an actor master class um, that will cost $20 um, for the public. Um, and unless, you know, but if you want to go, you know, and you can't afford it, let me know. There's always a way. And I can't announce who the person is. Not yet. Okay, <laughs> one cool. thing about one thing about talent, you know, they they are really funny about you putting and rightfully so right. about you putting their face or their name on a flyer. And we want to make sure that every I is dotted and every T is crossed. Now, as a producer myself from the, the other, because um, some of this you're going to have to pick and choose and divide and conquer, but one forum I am particularly looking forward to is we, we literally, Asia, we literally called it, where's the money? <laughs> no, for real, where's the money? Because, and, and that's something that, you know, is personal to me because, you know, in addition to my friendship with Ricky and being so inspired by his why, I am a filmmaker myself. I am from Charleston. I am a Binya. I am Gullah Geechee. I have a stake in how my respective culture is documented because if we don't record them, it's going to disappear. Mm -hmm. And I know that there's somebody listening who identifies with that sentiment. It is, yeah, not even going to go there. 
Um, but what we have found in our journey founding the South Carolina Media Collective and, you know, forming AfroSouth is there are a lot of gifted and talented homemade local people across this state. They have the bartering skills, the knowledge, the equipment, the know-how, the talent. They don't have the money. And I'm at a point in my career, you guys, where I, I am tired of money being the excuse. Right. So that. <laughs> oh, I hear you loud. So loud if you listen, if you feel the way I do, definitely come to that workshop. And then um, we'll have a lunch and learn with animator Sanford Green, who's also from Columbia. Cool. Yeah. Fun fact. He did the concept work for Miles Morales. Wow. Um, uh, also, um, Black Panther, and just he's another one who, you know, like Andy Stone or Orlando Jones, it's like, yo, you have done a lot of stuff that is shaping Black American culture right now. <laughs> like, right. and and you're you're a homeboy, and you're proud to be from, you're proud to represent Columbia. So let's celebrate that. Yeah, and my son loves the Miles Morales movie. He's watched it like a million times. Well, bring your kid. Let's yeah. make sure that he listen. Yeah. Don't don't be shy. You <laughs> be like, oh, you're Charles's boy. Come here, take a yeah. picture. So yeah. I definitely, yeah. That's what that's exactly what's going on in my head as you're talking. So absolutely. That's right. You'll be you'll be cool, Dad, for like 20 minutes before he thinks you're corny. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So that so then in the afternoon. Um, from 1 to 3.50, we're going to have a shorts block called Made in the Carolinas. We'll also have um, the fashion, makeup, and hair of the film industry, which will be led by Dr. Joyce Gilliard, who is, she, she is so near and dear to my heart. Um, she's a Charleston Somerville lady. She has had her, she did, you guys, she did this really dope exhibit in Paris of Black men hairstyles. Mm. And it was like, it's just like she has traveled all over the world. She's a producer. She's an author. She's a writer. And she also does hair and makeup. Mm-hmm. And she was so kind to me. Like, I don't even care what anybody thinks of this. Like, she was so kind to me back when I was a new mom because mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to work in film and television. I'm 26. I have this beautiful baby boy. And I had no clue how I was going to make a way in this business and balance motherhood. I didn't see any examples of it. Mm-hmm. And so I cold called her and the spiritual talk that she gave me, like, I will always love her. So, <laughs> that's, um, you know, and then um, the last thing that we'll do now, this does go from uh, 4.15 to 5.30, but uh, everything lets out like 3.34. Um, we're going to have a screening of the Oscar nominated short film, My Nephew Emmett. Okay. And uh, the director, Austin James, and excuse me, the producer, Austin James, who is from Hartsville, South Carolina, and the producer, Kevin Wilson, who is from Durham, North Carolina, uh, they are going to be on hand there. And prayerfully, we will have a surprise guest who was a star in that film, um, (laughs) who may or may not have a connection to Orlando Jones as well. but we we're gonna we're gonna have that and you know talk about you know what is it like you know hey being from Hartsville wanting to do this short film uh cold contacting the star of that film you know what's it like going through the Oscar process you know and so and then Saturday night we are gonna have an honors gala um 
at 8 p.m. And that is our that is our weekend. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. I'm super proud of you guys for getting this off the ground and just just jumping and getting it done. I know you said uh, earlier that you know you didn't know how you were going to do it, and Ricky pushed you to do it. Uh, and you know, a friend of mine told me once that sometimes you have to jump off a cliff and not worry about breaking your legs. And that's like some of the best advice I've gotten in life. I haven't followed it enough, but it's great advice. Break them legs, Charles. (laughs) But it sounds like that's exactly what you guys did. You jumped off the cliff and didn't worry about breaking your legs. And now you have this great festival, this amazing festival with all these different uh, pieces and parts and all these special guests coming uh, and it sounds like it's just going to be an amazing weekend of of education first of all of history of arts of enlightenment and I think I'm going to try to make it yes please oh please I'll make sure you have my number you know yes. definitely, and um, we will definitely meet up and we'll make sure that your um, boy gets to meet Sanford Green and yeah, that would be awesome. Because that's his birthday weekend. So I don't know exactly right. what we have planned. But that would be something different. Uh, yeah, he's turning 10 uh, on the 2nd. And so, um, so yeah, Aww. that would be awesome. Yeah, oh, 10. My my boy just turned 11. He just started 6th <laughs> grade. And it is mm. just... Yeah, that's a whole nother rabbit, rabbit hole we won't go down. <laughs> well, uh, can, can I, wait, real sure. quick, can I, can I look yeah. at the edge of the rabbit hole? Sure. Uh, there um I have a um I guess childhood acquaintance we went to the same church growing up um St. Patrick's off of St. Philip Street in downtown and um his name is Alex Collier and Mm. he was in the choir he did he played he played he and his father and his brother play like 27 different instruments Mm -hmm. and he is a composer for film roots see so it's so funny you mentioned that. I know we said we weren't going to go down there. <laughs> Let's do it. So <laughs> I said that I was going to try- start introducing him to like movie scores because not only does he like music, he plays. He's a pianist. He plays the piano. He's been playing since he was about two. Uh, and he's starting to kind of mess around with the guitar a little bit too. And so, uh, and he's pretty good actually, considering he's never had a guitar lesson, but, um, he's really good on the piano. Uh, he's been taking lessons since he was about four. And so, uh, like I said, I try to introduce him to different things or different genres of music. And so movie scores and how musicians and orchestras for movies, make you feel different feelings in the movie. So when something's scary, they play scary music, music, or when something, when it's a happy moment, they play happy music or something sad, they play sad music and just getting him familiar with all that because he likes movies uh, and TV shows. And, you know, we've tried to express to him that you can do a ton of things with music and you can do more than just play in church or be in a band. You can also do the movie for music. I mean, the music for movies uh, and TV shows and things like that. And uh, like, I remember uh, when he started playing the guitar, I was like, again, this is another thing you can do. Uh, The little bass guitar that you always hear throughout Seinfeld. Uh, I was like, there's a guy who gets paid every time that plays. And so... (laughs) It's true. It's true. Yeah. And he started composing his own music. And I'm like, this is 
this is a part of what you're starting to do. Um, I know a lot of people don't know that, but yeah, if you keep composing like you are, uh, there's no limit to the things that you can do with your music. So I really, really try to encourage his music and, you know, everything that he's, he's doing with it. He's very, he's good about exploring on his own and, and finding, you know, little things to, to create. And he never ceases to amaze me with what he comes up with. Um, the, the little default ringtone from the iPhone, mm -hmm. he somehow incorporated it into a song that he was playing on the piano. When, I was like, I know that tune. What is that tune? That's the iPhone tune. <laughs> Why is it in the song? <laughs> but it sounds kind of good. It's kind of bopping right now. <laughs> I'm going to put all of this in the back of my head. Yeah. So he's, he's kind of, I can tell when he's kind of processing music, he'll kind of lean his head to the side and he's listening. And I know pretty soon I'm going to hear that on the piano, uh, somewhere incorporated into a song. So yeah, kids are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. He might be, uh, one of your featured guests at your, at your film festival, Listen. uh, in, you know, 20, 32 or <laughs> let's plan on it let's plan on it right, I, I am my grandmother's child okay because my so well both of my grandmothers one grandma was in the choir and then my other grandma was the church secretary and uh my grandma was a church secretary she'd be like you know like the women were gonna have a tea oh well you know lauren's an excellent reader at school lauren can read the poem at the tea Mm -hmm. and that is totally me so listen if your son wants to, listen we can do this before he graduates high school we don't have to wait in the year until the year 20 no. you know 40 something like i will push the babies and that's what we do and that's <laughs> that's what we tell him I, we've told him we're like when you're 16 at the rate you're going now you know you can have your own band but what so while your other friends at 16 and 17 and they're working at mcdonald's and you know they're getting like a little 150 dollar check you're pulling down a thousand dollars from a wedding over the weekend and so <laughs> um, yeah like this is the potential with your music very mm. asian no you're fine you're fine <laughs> <laughs> i didn't have a rabbit to go down the hole with you so i just, I just <laughs> You know, just looking down, like, going down real deep down there. But uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, we're parents. That's I know parents rabbit. Do. I know rabbit feet are lucky, so I'm cool with it. You know, right? If we were in person, <laughs> if if we were in person, it wouldn't be long before we started pulling out the pictures. And so right. that's what that's what parents do. <laughs> right. So Lauren, if someone was on the fence about attending because they're not sure, what would you tell them? It would, I would find, I would find out why they're not sure. Um, because, you know, so like, can you name it an example or do you want me to just, you know, wax philosophical? Well, I mean, like maybe they're not necessarily in film, like, so maybe they're in audio or, or something else or, or music, you know, that maybe is like, could this be still an avenue that I should go in to meet people to network or should I not go? Oh. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If you are someone who is interested in getting into audio, if you're interested in getting into any aspect that is related to media, you know, it, this is a great way to network. 
one thing that, so I'm a fan of Issa Rae. It's hard not to be a fan of hers. Um, but one of the things, and I used to be a Patreon of hers for like the longest time. And one of the things that she would recommend, and I see her do this in all of her um, major magazine interviews too. She's always encouraging Black folk in particular to network laterally. You know, your, your connection opportunity is not necessarily the CEO in the suit. Although, yes, like we, we, amen, we love those opportunities. Sometimes it's sitting next to the, it's, it's the person sitting next to you. And sometimes it's the person that, you know, you did sound with, you know, at that nightclub that you used to do front of house music for, or, you know, um, sometimes it's, you know, that classmate you sat next to in high school and, you know, they would critique the, the drawings that you would do in the middle of class because you were bored. Um, so, you know, I would say for anybody who is hesitant about coming, you know, like, Hey, you never know who you're going to meet and B if it, you know, Hey, reach out to me. <laughs> I'll talk to you. I have to co-sign on that. Um, it's ne- it's always a good time to learn. It's never, you know, I know some people uh, may be on the fence for financial reasons because I know that's been me. I've been there before. It's like, I want to go to this thing, but I know my light bill is going to be due in a week or whatever. <laughs> and not saying don't pay your bills. Definitely pay your bills. But um, there's, a, there's a financial business guy that I follow Ramit, I can't remember his last name. Um, but anyway, he said there's never, there's never, too, you can never spend too much money on education. So uh, if there's an opportunity to learn something and it costs $20, spend the $20 because your return is going to be way greater than that. So if you're interested in film or movies or history uh, or education and you don't get the experiences back, you don't get the time back for experiences. And so don't worry about the money, you'll get it back. Uh, but you'll have this experience because if you're into it, even if you're not in the film industry, I think uh, if you just love great movies and you just love, you know, learning and education, because like I'm not in film, but I do love learning. I'm a big nerd. So I read all the time. I watch documentaries. Uh, that's fun to me. And so <clears throat> I'll go just for the educational aspect, just to learn about, you know, the culture and all the contributions of people from the Charleston area and from South Carolina and of black culture as a whole that we make to this country and to this world, uh, it's, you won't get the time back. So just go, you only live once. Uh, you only get one turn around this whole life thing. And so go enjoy yourself and it'll be all right. It'll be all right. And um, I have to say like, well, two things. One, I have the career that I have today because somebody let me sleep on their couch. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm, I'm very serious. My first um, major film internship was um, right after ETV, um, before I before I graduated school. So while I was still, you know, I would tempt for ETV here and there, uh, was a film called Walker Payne. And it, we filmed in Rock Hill, South Carolina. This is a movie you can find, I don't know, between infomercials and somewhere in the $3.99 bin if Walmart still has that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, listen, we <laughs> we have classy beginnings. And, um, you know, I, I didn't know anybody in Rock Hill. I got it through, I, I went to University of South Carolina Media Arts. And I, it turned out some, a family who lived down the street from my mom and dad had a daughter who was in accounting at Winthrop. 
and she let me stay on um Stacy Singleton is her name god bless her I don't know what her married name is and she has beautiful twins she and her hubby anyway the point is she let me stay the summer of 2005 on her couch and the next opportunity that I got was because you know in the business was because I it was simply because I had a place to stay so you know um this film festival is all about six degrees of separation. So, you know, if I can help somebody find some six degrees of separation to find a place to stay, we can figure out something. And just to touch on that real quick, I love that about you mentioned that a couple of times throughout this conversation that if you need something, call me, let me know, reach out. So I love that spirit of giving that you have that, you know, I will help you. And that seems to be a theme Asia, we keep <laughs> running across yeah. with our guests here. Um, our last two guests, actually, you know, they have that same thing. They reach out to me. I will help you. I will help, 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 help. And so I just wanted to point that out real quick that uh, don't lose that spirit because oh. it's such a, it's such a gift. It's such a gem uh, to have that giving, that helping spirit. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah, well thank you for that. And um you know, one thing too, and that definitely has drawn me back to South Carolina. I mean, listen, I've been back here full time since 2010. So it's not like I recently got back here, but, um, you know, I hate, I hate to see people's dreams die. Mm. Oh, Mm -hmm. it's like watching the death of a loved one. I hate, like, I hate to see people's dreams die. And, you know, a lot of times when you're from a place like South Carolina, not like South Carolina is the worst place in the world, but you know, when you're black and you say you want to work in the arts and you're from somewhere behind God's back, you know, you're not going to have a whole lot of people who will necessarily, it's not that they don't believe in you. They may not even know how to encourage you. Right. And so I, I just, I just always remembered, and I'm saying this as somebody who had a happy childhood, you know, like, I just always remember the people who, you know what, there was always that one person who said the one thing that opened up what I was looking for. So. Right. Exactly. Uh, one way I said now, I think I heard it somewhere from someone else, uh, be the person you needed mm. when you were coming through. And it's so, healing. Yeah. It's healing when you do that. Yeah, exactly. I told that to, um, my intern at my job and uh, I connected him with some other people in other departments. I'm in IT and some guys like on a server team and on infrastructure and whatever. Cause again, he's a, he's a senior uh, and uh, he's supposed to be working in my department, but I was like, nah, I'm going to make sure you get your hands in all departments. And so he was like, Oh man, it's real cool. You know, that you're doing that. You don't have to do that. And I was like, I'm trying to be who I wanted, who I needed when I was a student. Um, and so I'm trying to give you that. And so now that I'm, you know, I'm out here, I'm in the working world and you're coming through, uh, I've learned a few things. And so, uh, I want to make sure that I'm going to take the things that I've learned and give it to you early while you're just coming through. So, uh, yeah, be the person that you needed for someone else. Let's I see. just want a thought. Yes. Okay. If I blur it out before I forget it. No, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's um one of the things that's been on my mind these last couple of days, you know, especially thinking more and more about Afro South, the closer we get to it. And one of the things that we're often told for people who want to be writers and directors in this business, and this does relate to folks who are, you know, art adjacent, is, you know, oh, write what you know. 
write what you know. And they tell you that, but then they tell you, oh yeah, you got to move to New York or LA. Mm-hmm. You know, and one of the things that I always always confused me was why do I need to move 3,000 miles away from the very environment that I love that inspires me just to say I have a job you know and and we're always looking off you know oh somewhere you know over there some you know the grass is always greener on the other side is the one that comes to mind and the truth is the value is in what you have around you you know the value is in your local community and so Afro South is local based, but, you know, we're, we're celebrating our, our connected community. Absolutely. And the Charleston area, South Carolina, uh, Gullagoochee, uh, we have more than enough stories that, uh, that deserve to be told that people want to hear because it's a lot of culture here and, uh, you know, no shade to New York or LA, but you know, we have our own thing down here. And so I'm really glad you guys are putting on this festival and looking forward to all of the things that you guys are going to be bringing out to, to, for the public to see. So, um, so yeah, um, good move, not moving to LA or in New York. Uh, and we're glad to have you here. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, um, like you mentioned earlier, um, the every overnight success is 20 years in the making right and um i think back so i graduated grad school at the height of the great recession in may of 2009 matter of fact it was the if my math is correct i graduated may 17 2009 which would have been i think the 54th or 55th anniversary of brown v board and i always carried that in my heart because i was like wow like you know i can do this because of that but i graduated at the height of the great recession which is its own rabbit hole. But at one point, and I was living in Chicago um, because I I originally went to grad school for Chicago because I was like, you know what? I'm going to work for Harpo Productions and I'm going to get under Oprah's wing. And then, you know, my life plan is totally going to go to what I have planned because clearly if I plan it, it's going to happen, right? Right. And and, um, (laughs) at one point that, that summer 2009, I was temping for three different agencies. And I had the realization, I was like, you know what? Like, I am not from a war zone. And I'm very fortunate to say that. I'm very fortunate to say that I have parents who love me. Um, I'm gonna end my lease and I'm gonna move back to South Carolina. And I was feeling defeated. And I kid you not, when we crossed over from Tennessee, cause you know, I had to pack my things up in the truck and we're in my dad's truck you know and uh, as soon as we crossed over i saw the sign welcome to south carolina my phone started ringing gig after gig after gig i had booked three months worth of freelance gigs mm-hmm. once that truck that f-150 <laughs> crossed into south carolina and it was i was like okay god i'm open yeah that reminds me of my favorite book, The Alchemist, which yeah. Asia, I'm not going to go into it because Asia knows how I can go down. <laughs> no, I know. We, yes, we love, both, both of us love that book. Yeah. But... It's on my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> you followed, you follow your heart and uh, you found your mission. And so, but yeah, but y'all, if you haven't read the book, read the book and you'll see what we mean. But yeah, uh, yeah exactly. You jumped. And 
and you didn't break your legs. And so sometimes you just have to jump. <laughs> sometimes you have to jump because you're already at the cliff. Right. But <laughs> exactly. You really have there's nowhere else to go. <laughs> uh I hope one day we can get a movie about the Rollins sisters who are also from Charleston. Oh, yeah. They, they ended up in Columbia, right? Yeah, but they're originally from Charleston. So, um, but yeah, so they played a major role in women's suffrage and uh, which we don't hear about. We hear about was Susan B. Anthony and all that, but mm-hmm. they are before Susan B. Anthony, um, three black women who had a major role in that. And so, um, so yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of stories to be told. So many stories. stories. So many stories. It's going to take multiple generations. You Absolutely. Know, and, you know, and a lot of times too, when we think of South Carolina, um, the focus is on the coast. The focus is on Charleston because right. it's, you know, the the biggest economic city in, or at least it seems to be, um, you know, in, in the state. And there are, ooh, there are some stories in Sumter and Manning and Orangeburg. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, most times folks think about the Orangeburg massacre when you hear Orangeburg and, and stories, mm-hmm. if you, you know, but like, man, Cecil Williams mm-hmm. and... Just, just the black townships that used to be there before uh, Lake Marion was created. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it could. I mean, I wonder how historians feel if they just ever come to their job overwhelmed because there's just. I mean, every side, every square of the sidewalk. Yeah, there's tons and tons and tons of stories. Uh, black stories, black people who have done amazing things throughout South Carolina that you rarely hear very much about, but a lot has happened here. A lot, a lot. You know, that um, that makes me think too, is um, one thing that I've had to realize, and for me, it was having a son. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, my kid was four years old and I had the radio on, we're in the car, and they mentioned something about Michael Jackson in the news. Mm-hmm. Something it, it was nominal. It, it wasn't anything that stood out in particular. But my innocent, sweet four-year-old says to me, who is Michael Jackson? <laughs> and I realized, oh, wait, he was born two years after the man died. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I, you know, start his, oh, that guy. Yeah, I know that song. Oh, that guy. Yeah, I know it's him. <laughs> But what it what that did for me was, you know, you can't assume that the younger generations, you can't assume that they know what you know. Right. You know, and that's definitely something that I found when communicating with elders. I, I don't think it's unique to Charleston, but it's definitely a Charleston thing. You can't assume that because old Mr. Walter, who lived around the corner, mm-hmm. that I knew everything he did in his career just because right. you knew and just because I was in proximity to him. Like it, that that moment with my son taught me that there needs to be an intentional celebration of, of the people that we know. And, right. and just all of that, def- it, it couldn't help but lead me to Afro South. Right. Yeah, it's our responsibility now. We're the, we're the new generation. We are the adults. We're the teachers. We're the keepers of the history now and so it's not our parents or grandparents or our teachers from high school it's us we're those people and so events like afro south uh 
are great ways to spread that to the next generation so they don't forget. Uh, because unfortunately, there is a movement to erase a lot of this history, uh, Ron DeSantis. And so we have to be responsible and make sure that that doesn't happen, that that your kids and my kids uh, know what's going on, know what happened, know their place in this world. And, you know, the very, very important place that, you know, we hold and uh, that we that we made creating our culture. Uh, you know, just and we could go on and on for hours, but I it's it's <laughs> it's our responsibility, and that was my point. And Afro South is a really, really very important um, uh, event in that in that mission of holding on to to that history and those stories and that in this culture. Thank you so so very much for joining mm-hmm. us today. Yeah. learned a lot about South Carolina, a lot about the heritage, a lot about the culture of Charleston. And um, the, uh, there's been a lot of rabbit holes today, but they've been fun to go down. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lauren, yeah. how can people connect with you? Because you did tell them to connect. So how can they connect with you? Yeah, so Instagram is my main thing. Um, at Lauren Waring Douglas, my full legal name. Uh, also LinkedIn, um, linkedin.com forward slash Lauren Waring Douglas 2020, because that was when I created that hyperlink, but mainly Instagram <laughs> is, listen, listen, I am, I am an elder millennial, um, and Asia, this will disappoint you. My TikTok profile literally says I need to leave TikTok to the kids. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's my bio line on TikTok because I'm also on TikTok at, at Lauren Wearing Douglas, but you're not going to see me on there. Why? Because I need to leave it to the kids, but Instagram, <laughs> you know, or you can go to afrosouth.com and, you know, under the contact form, you can reach out to me or, or to the, to the festival staff that way as well. All right, guys, everybody, Lauren Wearing Douglas. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. It's been a pleasure. And Good luck with everything uh, this year at the festival, at the Afro Sound Festival, and in the future, because we know you're gonna, we're gonna hear some big, great things from you down the road. So we're looking forward to those too. And how can people sign up for the festival? AfroSouth.com, okay. and you go to that main website, and our link to, you know, if you want to submit a film, our link to Film Freeway will be there. Um, the all, all of that is just afrosouth.com because if you're like me you need one place to go right <laughs> well there you have it yeah Lauren Rarey Douglas Afro South Film Festival November 4th through the 6th in Charleston South Carolina mm-hmm. go get your tickets go get your tickets <laughs> <laughs> the website is www.afrosouth.com check it out and uh, and register, and uh, I think you will not regret that. So, um, so yeah. Again, like I said earlier, even if you're not into film, or you know, being a, a you know as, as a worker in film, uh, it's always great just to learn and to yeah. to see all the the different pieces and parts, and uh, learn how films come together, and how they're made, and all the people behind the scenes. So uh, many people. Oh my gosh. Yeah you know thousands of people to make a movie you know just all right. the parts that people don't think about 
Yeah. I wish I knew more about things like this when I was a kid. Because uh, I was an art kid. And uh, I don't know. I might have ended up in, in film. You never know. Some friends of mine made like a little short film with a camcorder once. I remember when I was in high school. I was in, I don't know, ninth or 10th grade. And uh, I helped them with it because uh, they were working on the script and they, you know, they showed it to me. And I did a little bit of editing and said, oh, yeah, wow, this is great. This is great. And um, and so, you know, I was kind of, I don't I guess because I'm artsy and I was kind of helping them with the angles and mm-hmm. getting people walking by randomly like they do on TV. Because that's not random. It's just, you know, it's, it's timed. And so I was like, no, you can't just be filming <laughs> but this has to be planned and so um maybe i don't know i might have had a, had a career in film you never know i was on a call the other day and the guy said that um that he's like he people randomly will call him and say hey put so-and-so in the movie and they say okay next day <laughs> so-and-so's in the movie oh again <laughs> you know that's because because even though it's a film it's still like like television where you know almost like like snl where mm-hmm. people just come in and come off and you just kind of write, you can write people in and write people out. Right, right. So it's the same, it's the same concept. Yes, it's a production, but mm-hmm. it's, it's it still has fluidity to it. Right. Because you can, yeah. you can put people in and take people out. But I wrote a, a play for my whole class in fourth grade. I don't even think- Fourth grade? <laughs> in fourth grade, I had a whole play. I wish I had kept it. It's in my Nickelodeon book and I don't know where it is, you know, over the time. So, I'm different things. But I'm curious. What was it about? I don't even as a fourth remember. I, <laughs> I think it just had to do something with the class and stuff. But mm. I've written a couple of those. And I said, you know, I said I always wanted to be a movie director. So I still am speaking that into atmosphere. Uh, it'll be, can. you know, about probably about 10, 15 years from now. I mean, you never know. You know it, have... Yeah. It's coming. It's definitely coming. I mean, so, Blair Witch Project made a bunch of money and it was recorded <laughs> with a camcorder. So, <laughs> and then anything that you have, any field that you're in, you can figure out a way to incorporate it some way, shape, or form. So even um, like I think in Pastor Alan Brown said that you know. So whatever field you're in, if you're not sure of, you can still go like you said and watch, and you may be able to take something from that and and use it in your area of expertise. Absolutely, because all fields, you know, going all fields go into everything basically nowadays. So mm-hmm. if you're in the arts, of course, there's writing, there's producing, there's wardrobe, there's costume, there's painting, there's uh, you know that kind of thing. But even if you're like in my field, like you're in IT, everything is on a computer now. So a lot of things are computer generated. There's a CGI. There's uh, mm-hmm. there's yeah, this is adding music and all that kind of stuff. So all that's on the computer. If you're into sciences, um, these explosions and things like that that happen in movies, they because like chemical reactions and things oh, like that. So, you know, they require the science people to, you know, to know the right chemicals to put together and make this thing explode the way it's supposed to explode. And so mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you're into. Um, yeah. Uh you'd be surprised how those things are incorporated into film and movies. But um, yeah, so I highly recommend it. Like I said, I'm gonna try to make it. Uh, yeah, Charles is not that far from here. So it sounds like it'll be a great experience. Um, and also kind of touching back on what we were talking about a lot throughout the conversation uh, with Lauren, there's so many black stories to be told 
not just in South Carolina, all over the country. And um, like she was talking about how, you know, the, the statistics of approximating how many um, enslaved people were brought through Charleston Harbor uh, during slavery. And yeah, I was under the impression that the number was around 70 to 75%. <clears throat> so, you know, three quarters of African-Americans in this country have roots in, in Charleston because that's probably probably very likely you know where our ancestors came through um and first touched this this country and so um yeah we almost all have south carolina roots um because of that and so um but outside of that there there are tons of stories um to be told tons 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 of stories and i'm learning about them all the time uh like i mentioned you know the rollins sisters i just learned about them like maybe about a year ago and and how they you know were influential in uh trying to get women's suffrage passed and back during uh reconstruction and so and it was very possible uh that south carolina actually could have been the first state to pass women's suffrage it failed but they were they were very uh influential in trying to get that going here in south carolina uh but um but that's another story that could be told. There's, there's stories that happen in Myrtle Beach. There's stories that are, um, there's just tons about the history of barbecue. Uh, I, <laughs> how, you know, a lot of these, these barbecue places uh, are all over the South, where that was a thing that came, again, from, from enslaved people that they brought from Africa, cooking over the pit and digging the pit and putting the animal on top of it and yeah, that was that was an African thing, and then we brought that here, and now it's called barbecue here. But we did that, and so um, tons and tons and tons of stories. The 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 list is probably never ending. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Mm -hmm. I can think of I can think of a couple of stories, and there was a gentleman who approached me few years back and now I, now that I think about this film festival I need to reach back out to him his mother was um the first black uh boxer really I can't remember and I can't remember her her name but he had wanted to do a story on her like a like a documentary type film story on her mm -hmm. so I need to go back and and let him know about the film festival yes he very Wow. So, I know so many different, so many interesting things. Like it's good. Always, like you said, just stay learning. Always. Yeah. Learning. There's yeah. always something to learn. Always. Mm -hmm. All right, Asia. You ready to get All out right. of here? Yeah. Let's get <laughs> Are you headed to the dinner in Blanc? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, episode. Uh, and uh, again, reach out to uh, Lauren Waring Douglas and follow her on Instagram. Um, probably not TikTok. And <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and follow the Afro South 
Afro South Film Festival um, on social media. And so, um, and check it out. Uh, again, afrosouth.com. And it should be a great experience if you are in the Charleston area or, you know, you can you feel like taking a little road trip and traveling down to it. Um, in the meantime, uh, follow us on social media uh, at Biz on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and join our Facebook group at Afros Locks and Biz FB group. Just go to Facebook and search under groups for Afros Locks and Biz FB group and you'll find us there. Um, start a conversation. We'll jump in and um, it'll be cool. Yeah, and leave us reviews. We appreciate it because we want to know what you guys think. So until next time, you guys have a great week and we'll see you next episode. See you soon.